Welcome to Planner Lifestyle Podcast, Jade. It's such a joy to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me, Jess. I'm really excited to be here. I was kind of shocked when you asked me to be on it, but I'm super honored to be to be here. Shocked? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, you're like, I look up to you, Jade, like for planner everything. So you're definitely have lived a planner lifestyle. So you belong. You belong. We all we all belong here. It doesn't matter how many followers or how many deals we have with certain companies or how many events we've attended or not. The planner lifestyle is also this community and some of us may just be lurkers, you know, and some, some of us might be content creators, but I think it it's just like that tapestry of how we can all fit together, whether it be through productivity or creativity or just connection. Anyways, welcome to Planner Lifestyle. Thank you. Um, for those who may not know you in real life in person uh, or online, will you just give a little uh, background on yourself? Yeah. So I, as far as like planner world goes, I have been a planner since I can remember. My uncle, actually, I think when I was eight or nine, bought me a Looney Tunes themed Filofax, which I thought was the coolest thing. And all the kids at school thought it was dumb. Like who wants another planner? Our teachers make us write in those already. Um, And I always just thought that was the coolest thing. I would plan out all of the details of our trips. I would write down all of the things that were coming up and it just gave me a place to organize all of my thoughts. Um, I have some OCD tendencies and planning has really helped with Um, managing some of that and making things a little bit less stressful. Um, So I was really excited years and years down the road. I'm not even sure how I found um, the Minnesota group of planners, but kind of stumbled into that and into the planning world and dove right in because there's so many amazing things going on. um, And that's kind of planning has been with me even in the planning world for many years. I started getting into that when I first was teaching and now I'm eight years down the line and planning has just become so much of who I am and even what I teach my students. So um, I teach uh, all four grades, actually nine through 12 different times, different years, things like that. Um, And I find that especially in our current day and age, kids don't necessarily like planners or like writing down what they have to do. Some of them do um, and others they like electronics. So I try and teach my students about just finding what works for them. And I think that is really true of all of Planner World. Like you can't take what somebody else is doing and do the exact same thing. It doesn't work. Um, But you have to find what works for you. And for some kids that is paper planners. So sometimes like when we have extra planners left over, I'll bring those into school and whatnot. Um, And some kids are just writing texts on their phones and sending them to themselves. In the beginning of you diving into the Planner World, you were really involved online as well. Wow. When I first found the planner world online, I don't even remember what the group was back in the day. Um, It has now morphed into We Love EC, and I'm one of the admin team on We Love EC. Um, But there was a different group before that, and then that kind of dissolved and a new one started, which became We Love EC. Um, And I think it's been so cool to find other people whether that's in your state or across the globe or the nation even, who are interested in the same things. And I'm sure there's little groups like this for all sorts of hobbies, um, but it was really cool to find one that fit mine. So I've been in We Love EC and the groups that kind of preceded that for a while. Um, Minnesota Planner Addicts is another one that I've been a part of. I did not start that. I think that Jody and perhaps Katie started that group 
Um, but I came in pretty early on and we started planning events for our Minnesota planner people, which has been really fun. Um, and then that has kind of morphed into, there's a few uh, groups that are planning things. And um, we started True North Trio um, kind of as a joke last year. So Emily, Ryan, and Jody are the Minnesota trio. They referred to themselves at the last go wild. And so Brenna and Libby and I decided to start kind of like a friendly feud. Um, and so we called ourselves the true North trio. Um, but we have planned a couple of events under that name. Um, and I just think it's cool to get people together and be able to enjoy planners in real life and be able to see what other people are doing and play what might be kind of ridiculous games about planners and planner items. Yes. And, um, I like the name of the group that you're in because one of your, um, I guess founding members makes it sound so official, like right. you have a board of directors. Well, your founding member, um, is from Wisconsin. Yeah. So really you can even use Minnesota in the name accurately. And even one of the events has been in Wisconsin. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have done a couple of events in Wisconsin. Um, you know, we focus a lot on Minnesota planners, but uh, Libby has a great setup and a great location for events. So we've kind of used that and we've pulled in some planners from other areas as well, which is cool. Just kind of expanding the, expanding the love. Mm -hmm. And I can testify. Um, so if anyone is wondering, this is, this is a drain of one of the um, episodes I did way back around the holidays of Planner Miss um, oh, yes. and what, what I thought was going to happen and what happened and all the fun and clever games. I still feel very proud of my ugly sweater <laughs> win oh, um, that I uh, hold dear. I put on my resume. Um, and although cookie decoration wasn't so hot, but that's okay. We all have our strengths. Right. right? We all have different talents. So, you know, we got to embrace what we have and, yeah, it, that was a really fun event. I loved actually, I listened to your podcast before that and I was just giggling, um, listening to what you thought might happen. And obviously I, I knew the plan cause I had worked on it and, uh, it was cool to kind of watch the day unfold and see how well we matched up with your expectations. Oh, you exceeded expectations. Oh, for sure. Yes. At every turn. Yeah. Very well thought out when you're gathered and actually planning, it's hard to do in a group. Like okay. if I'm thinking like, what are my budget numbers? Am I really getting out my calculator? Some do. Some really can just focus in, get that tunnel vision and get it done. No matter how many people are sitting around them in the library conference room or yeah. at a party or whatever. I um, love those people so much. I'm not, I'm not those people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas stickering, I think we can all kind of do as we talk. Yeah. Perhaps, or to some extent, yeah. do something lettering or I don't know, washing or um, maybe even like cutting, folding, putting together, recoiling, like even to some of the more physical, I would say, yep. attributes of the hobby. But yeah, it is. It's, I would say, really well for me, because you know who I'm just like, talk, 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 talk. So, of course, I'm not sitting like, well, I'm going to have chicken next Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it does get kind of a bad rap. But then coming back home, like, how was your planning time? And I'm like, well, um, yeah. Yeah. I I know going into those events that I'm probably not getting a lot of planning done. In fact, it's kind of the running joke, like, is Jade even going to do any planning? I love planning, but I am such a social butterfly at those events that I think on two or three occasions now, I've gotten a, a handful of spreads done, which is impressive because usually I, I sit and talk. 
probably some people are probably like, go sit down, get out of my face. I totally <laughs> have tried to like be a little bit more understanding that everybody wants a conversation with a complete stranger. Right, right. Although I, I've always enjoyed that about you. That's kind of how we met is you were at, we were both at a planner meetup and you're like, what's going on? What are you doing in your planner? What's happening over there? And it was such, such a fun way to start up conversations. <laughs> you make me sound like a precocious four-year-old. Hey, what's going on? What you doing? What's that? Can I have that? What are you doing? What color is that? <laughs> but you're right. You're yeah, totally I think right. you're totally right. That's one of the cool things about meetups too. You know, every now and then we'll have people post in the group, like, I've never been to one of these. It's going to be terrifying. I don't know if I should come. And honestly, if you have the opportunity, anyone who's listening to go to a planner event, do it because half the time people are just working on their planners. Like you can come and sit and work on your planner and not talk to anyone else, or you can see what the person next to you is doing. It's, you know, it really tailors to all types of personalities. And I think that's one of the coolest things about it. Agreed. And that's kind of the spawn of the, this, this show is just kind of, I wanted more time to dig a little deeper, you know, mm -hmm. and see, yes, we have this in common, but what else is about it? You know, kind of thing. Like what else, what's, what else is going on? What, what brings you to this point? Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm very grateful for you to share your story and where you found yourself in the planner community. Um, but your life is not all planners all the time. Of course, you have school obligations. Family time is really important to you. You've been looking around the house. You know what? See, I'll cut that part out. You know what people really want to know? <laughs> I do. What do people really want to know? They want to know, do you still really love EC? Oh man. Okay. So this is a, this is a tough topic. Um, oh yeah. So I do and I don't, I think just some background information. So like I said, I teach high school English. I'm in front of young adults every day. And there's a number of things that I tell my young adults, which one of those is the phrase, no better, do better. There have been so many times in my life that one of my decisions or actions in the present contradicts something that I have said in the past. And for some of my students, and, and I think for adults in general, um, it's hard to understand that. Well, you said this, so why now do you think this? But when we know better, we do better. And that's kind of the motto that I, I try to live my life by. When I have more information, I need to use that information. I need to make better choices. Um, Obviously, the events that happened recently are absolutely disgraceful. It was a gross misuse of privilege. Um, and I, as an educator, am shocked that parents would kind of go around those expectations and guidelines um, for graduation. Graduation is very important. I you know, I get it. It's important. But at the same time, so are people's lives and so are all of the other things that are happening right now. So I am not thrilled with Aaron Condren, the person. Um, I enjoyed, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word. I appreciated their CEO, Tanya's message. I think that came out yesterday. Um, I want to see some of, I want to see those things put in place. I want to see that change happening. Um, I'm personally a big fan of Aaron Condren products. The products work well for me. I love the colors. I love the customization. I love their lines. I love the stuff that they make. Um, Aaron Condren, the person's actions, 
have been deplorable recently. Um, and I hope that she really does take the time that she's saying she's going to take to learn from that and to move forward. Um, I do not intend to step down from admining We Love EC. Um, I currently am going to continue using my EC products. It's not feasible for me to purchase all new ones. Um, but I am watching the company as far as like future purchases and things like that. Uh, I think we need to see it in action. We need to see the things that Tanya is talking about happen in order to kind of move past that. Um, I, like I said, I hope that Aaron takes this time to, to learn and improve. There are so many amazing people with the Aaron Condren company that had nothing to do with her actions. I've talked a little bit with Sam Kerr about it. She is the sweetest person ever. And she has been a very active ally for black lives matter and, um, for, the things that are happening in our world today. So I don't think it's fair to punish the entire company over the actions of their founder, but I honestly hope that Erin gets her ducks in a row and, and learns from her mistakes. Yeah. A lot of people are asking um, influencers and things like what, what would it take for you to come back in? And it just, um, it seems so personal, right? Like yeah. maybe people don't even know what it would take because they've never found themselves in this position before. Yep. I had a conversation with the other We Love EC admins, some of whom are influencers. Um, and that's kind of where we were at. And I don't I don't need to speak for the other admins, but we had that conversation of, I don't know what it would take. Um, this was prior to Tanya's statement, and we really weren't sure what would happen. I think it's a wise move that Aaron's stepping away from the company right now. Obviously, we don't know the details of that leave, um, and I don't want to make presumptions about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, I don't know what makes it better until you see action happening. And I think that's really, that's the case for everybody, not just Aaron Connor. And there's so many things going on in our world today that I want to see action from people. I want to see people being an ally, being anti-racist, standing up for the things that they believe in, because it's really easy to post on social media about them. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're not going back and having those conversations with family members, with friends, things like that, like what are you actually accomplishing? I like the, um, this week, particularly last week wasn't BLM spirit week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've put a lot of thought into it. Um, and I have seen a number of people in the planner community extend that grace and understand, like, we get that you spent a lot of money on that. Let's not just pour all this shade on people still using their EC products. We don't all have that. Right. I don't know. Yeah, we don't all have the ability to go out and repurchase things. I, like I said, I'm not sure if in the future that I will continue to purchase their products. I would need to see the action behind the statements that have been made. But I certainly, I don't want to judge anybody else who is purchasing or who is using the things that they have. Those people didn't make the choice to plan a rogue graduation or to um, do some of the other insensitive things that have happened. Um, so I think we need to extend that grace where it's due, but also look for action. Right. And I, on the, on the contrary side, I do understand if people are like, I can't even Oh yeah, look at this. Like I just don't, I'm done, you know, that Absolutely. kind of thing. Yep. And that's such a personal decision. So I can see both sides of this. I can absolutely support both sides of that. Um, and I hate to be somebody who's kind of on the fence and could go either way, but I think that there's just such personal decisions that go into deciding what planners are being used right now or what companies are being supported, um, that there is no, in my opinion, there's no right answer. It's going to be very individual for each person. 
something that's been sparking my uh, ear or speaking to me and maybe a check in my heart is a lot of people, whether their intentions are pure or not, I'm not sure, but some people are saying, well, are you checking all the other companies you're working for to make sure mm-hmm. they have this, that, and the other? And it was, and I don't know if that was intended to support or deny. I don't care, but it, right. what it did was raise a question in my mind, like, absolutely not. I'm not. Right. I think it's really easy not to do those things. Um, and we get to a place of almost complacency or just not even thinking about it. And I think, I mean, I am a very white person. Um, I have the privilege of not having to think about some of those things. So I really need to put that in check too and and realize that I need to be more aware of that. So I think it's important to be paying attention to that. I also think it is very difficult to check every brand you're going to use. Is that feasible? I'm not sure. But right now, I feel like it's easier to get some of that information. Um, Social media obviously makes it easier for that information to be shared. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to tune in more on the brands that I'm using and on the companies that I'm supporting to see where they fall within all of this. Well, and to be... I guess fair for knowing this exact one is a lot of us are then posting and hashtagging and we're like cheerleaders and, or whether we're official brand ambassadors or not, you get known for a type of thing for your brand. We're like, I'm okay. I'm in my closet right now. My little recording closet. I love it. And I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a dress. Well, a lot of my clothes, well, because this is just my personal taste don't have a lot of labels on them. Mm Mm-hmm. And I guess they're not high end enough to where someone would look at that piece that I'm wearing and be like, oh, yes, well, that's a Vuitton or whatever. Like you can't, there's no recognizable feature on these clothes. Right. Um, so, yes, I probably should understand what kind of labor practices do these people have? What kind of ecological impact is this material? You know, like that kind of thing is yeah. really awakening in me. But at the same time, if I do wear it, I'm not necessarily also then repping for that person. You know what I mean? So I can see where it gets a little bit more complicated. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, there's no cut and dry with this kind of stuff. And that's what makes these conversations and these decisions really hard. Like you have to kind of weigh in all of the information you have and decide where to go from that. And obviously not everybody's going to agree on that. So these get to be really emotionally charged conversations. Right. And some people have, the thing is, yes, we've had planner drama probably since the beginning of certain because it's a slice of humanity and I my personal view is that humanity isn't necessarily born good Mm -hmm. I don't I think there are good there's goodness in the world but there's a certain element that just just because it's about planners doesn't mean that 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 bad energy is not going to seep in do you know what I mean and yep uh I don't know I, I hate to say it but some people have been threatened i mean look at nanya's post she, where she's i'm not close with her i don't want to speak to her or whatever but yeah when people are on instagram and in and out of dms and because of where you fall now all of a sudden it just really really i don't know emotionally hard seems too gentle you there's know? been some really nasty things said to influencers and i'm sure other people who aren't quote-unquote influencers as well and it makes me sad that that's kind of where we're putting our anger. Um, I kind of understand where that's coming. Like I can understand how people get to that point, but Jen DeFord didn't plan a graduation. Um, There's no need to be sending messages to people who weren't involved 
with that direct action. With Nina, I was surprised because she has publicly made the statement that she wasn't using EC products. Um, and I believe she actually had to deactivate her account just because of the messages and things she was getting. I'm not on a first name basis with her by any means. Um, but it's, it's kind of devastating to me to see how nasty people are being. And again, some of that, I guess what I'm labeling nastiness is coming from people just feeling very passionately about what happened. But I think we need to be careful who we're throwing that blame at. Um, and we need to have a heart too. like, let's, let's give, let's be kind to people. Right. And have your power of the vote and power of the coin. You yeah. hit on a really important piece, which is like your vote is really important. So everybody go vote in November. Like I never realized how important that was growing up. I have voted in every election, primary election that I've been able to, but those smaller elections are really important as well. So I think that's something that I want to spend a lot more time on is knowing who the candidates are for different positions and making sure that I'm voting according to my beliefs and according to the things that I want to see happen. Um, I think that's a really easy thing to overlook is the power of your vote. So, well, yeah, and it does take energy. Like, let's just face it, because on some of these local level school boards, I mean, a lot of people are yeah. saying about the defund police. It's not just about the police. It's sort of this teeter totter of system, you mm -hmm. know, like what about the school board? What about the judge in that one courthouse? What about this? What about that? And I'm voting for judges like, I don't, I don't know right. you. I don't know you. So right. then I just leave it blank because I don't want to vote someone in who I have no idea about. I remember one of, I think it was my mom when I was a kid would have a whole, like she would do her research and have a whole list of things that she wanted to remember when she went to the polls. And that was kind of brilliant. I need to start working on that. I usually, I look into that information, but I haven't gone with the whole checklist of this is, you know, I haven't been as prepared as I could be. Well, and there's no rush once we get in that little ballot box. Like, I don't know, it just right. seems so official. I'm like, oh, I have to know exactly. Just, no one's rushing you. Well, there should be. or That's kind of illegal. Right. Um, but yeah, as soon as you flip over the ballot to the back, you're kind of like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on the back of some a ballot, you're like, uh. But they deserve, yeah, I think. It's such a, I mean, people have talked about systemic racism. And honestly, like, there are so many things that structure the way things are right now. Um, and that can be at a bigger level, that can be at a smaller level too. So in our classrooms, like we need to think about what books are we reading? What conversations are we having? Um, I also don't think it's effective and probably is also illegal, I would assume for me to say, hey kids, you need to think this thing. But um, mm -hmm. a big focus with my students is teaching them to examine both sides of an issue. I tell them you need to research both sides. It might reinforce what you already thought, or it might give you more perspective about the other side. I'm not telling you you need to change your ideas, but it is important to be informed on both sides of any topic, really. Um, and I think we need to push our students and our children and even our family members to be more critical thinkers and um to do more of that thinking on their own. It's really easy with social media to read other people's posts and be like, well, I like that person. So yes, that's what I think also. Um, but dig into it, do some research, see more of the background information. That's a lost art. I'm so glad that you are in our education system, Jade. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. That is just real key in my homeschool is the art of debate and persuasion mm -hmm. um, and the art of conversation. and putting into your conversation 
you might think this or this, or, you know, having some empathy too, but also backing up with some facts yep. and be ready to do either side. This past spring, um, I led a small group of kids through preparations for a mock trial and they, um, it got kind of deferred because of COVID-19 and the yep. whole online, we decided not to pursue like a virtual courtroom, but we were intending to go to a courtroom and they wouldn't really they'd have to do either side. They had to be prepared for either side. And it was so, so hard for them because they had decided in their mind who committed the crime. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, you, you have to do the other way. And it was just, it was very mind bending and they're in eighth grade, but those are influential years. And if we keep doing that, especially through high school, push into young adults, hopefully they'll rely on some of those skills later when they're talking about any, any number of things, whether it be workplace policies or even your like homeowners association, whether you should have garbages out or not, because people can get nasty on a next door app. Like, Oh Oh, yeah. What? 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 Are we really doing this? Yeah. And I think like you said, so social media and the internet has made it a lot easier to get nasty. I have had in-person conversations with people who have sent nasty messages or posted really cruel things to other people. And in person, they're not on quite that same level. Now, this can be a pro and a con. Like It's easier sometimes to stand up for what you believe in, um, even in a positive way online. But I think uh, you've got to be able to have those in-person conversations too. And I honestly prefer those so much, being able to talk to people and ask questions and explain what's going on there. But that's one of the things I want kids to work on too. They're so used to using the internet and technology because it's always been around for them, but you've got to be able to back up your points in person too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And without that delay, mm-hmm. like to be ready to say something, you can't just leave a message unread when someone's talking to you. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I guess you could, but that's awkward to stare at them. <laughs> unread message. <laughs> that's how we can handle toxic people in our life. <laughs> they oh, just say something to us and we're like, unread message. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I should use that sometime. That'd be a funny joke. <laughs> oh, this number has been disconnected. <laughs> a new family. <laughs> no, I, I, I really like the, um, idea of having time to reprioritize and I mean the whole quarantine kind of launched us perhaps some of us into that and then the new civil rights movement or continued maybe it never ended you know what I mean like I like we're just saying a little bit some we I guess I could clump us together as white women Mm -hmm. we are more aware you and I um, or trying to be of how we say things, mm-hmm. you know, because you start to see like I've seen comments like about, oh, it took one man's death to really change the world, and they're like, uh, no, <laughs> right? This has been going on a long time. Just because you just opened your eyes, or just because people have uh, recording devices, or just because you get, um you know, quoted in a local newspaper, <laughs> whatever it is, it uh, doesn't mean it hasn't been going on for a long time. And it's very prevalent. So yeah, I um probably five or so years ago, 
we were reading, I think it was the book, The Secret Life of Bees, um, which covers some civil rights topics. And I had a student who, he, they didn't say this with any malice, but said something about, well, why are we still studying this? This isn't an issue today. And I think that as white people, it can be really easy to not have to think about these issues. Um, it's very easy for me to go about and live my daily life without having to think about other people's experiences. Um, but when we're able to put some more of our focus there, and with this student in particular, I had some conversations with the class about it, and they were able to come up with some reasons why it was still important, which I think anytime I can help my students get there on their own rather than me just telling them that's important. Um, but social media right now is almost spawning a refreshed civil rights movement, perhaps. I do like to think it's been going for quite some time now, but is helping us draw our attention to the inequities in our world today. And it's really hard, in my opinion, to watch some of these different things happen and to see what's going on in the world and then to turn a blind eye and say, well, it's not my problem or, well, we don't really need to worry about that. So I feel like it's making things more imminent or needing to be more imminent to be dealt with which is great, but it's also really unfortunate that it took, you know, these horrific things happening, being videotaped to really bring that to people's attention. So in the perfect world, in the future, I hope that we look back and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that they had to wait for videotapes to come out or for someone to bring their attention to this to be dealt with. Like, I hope that's just this preposterous idea in the future. Right, how we look back on, on some of the things of the past. Yeah. Like, even some weird science stuff. You're like, you thought leeches were going to what? Right. I yeah. don't understand. Why did you do that? Yeah. I hope human rights is one of those things in the future that someone's like, wait a second. Someone thought people were not of the same value? Like, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. I'm learning that saying I don't see color is not helpful and is actually less beauty in the world. Like I do see our differences and I think they're amazing, you know, and things like that. Um, but it is hard to then point out to a child who hasn't thought of a group less than. Yep. Right. But to kind of expose them to that, I think is what is maybe what you're trying to say is we need to provide some exposure or some information about how not everybody has the privilege that we have. Um, it goes back to that idea of know better, do better. So I, again, I'm an educator, so I think education is important. I think that probably goes without saying. Um, and so many times when I'm having conversations about human rights with people, it's really not necessarily them wanting to say, well, I disagree and people shouldn't have the same rights. Sometimes it's a an issue of not having knowledge or education about that. So I think it's important that we're educating our children and educating our family members and educating our friend, whomever, like educate everyone um, about some of the things that are going on and provide resources to do some more learning because from knowledge, we make better choices. We know better, we do better. Or we can, we should. I don't want to speak for everybody, but. And here's, okay, so like in the planner community, there's been a big push for Black-owned shops to be mm -hmm. supported. It's important that we get to know people for who they are and not just judge them by their skin color. I also think it's a little bit, I don't quite know how to say that, but it's a little bit unfortunate that it's just now that we're looking for Black shop owners or people of color 
um, who own shops, they've been here for a while. So I realize that people are focusing on that now because of the things that have come to light and they're trying to know better and do better. Um, but I just want people to get to know shop owners and get to know what's out there and what's available to them, not just because someone is black. Do I think it's important to support black shops? Absolutely. I think it's important to do that. But um, I definitely think people can have different opinions and we don't want to just support people because of their skin color, but we also don't want to not support them because of their skin color. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe it doesn't need an equal lens. Maybe it's just like, let's infuse this oppressed culture with our funds and we get some awesome planner stuff out of it and, you know, engage with a whole group of planner friends and Mm. that may help in turn turn over families or communities and things like that. Um, That is not to say that every black shop owner is destitute. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just right. Yeah, we shouldn't make the yeah, I think some people do make assumptions like that, which is not helpful. Um, I think right now, probably what we're seeing kind of is similar to the Black Lives Matter movement. So if anyone who's been on social media will see people posting all lives matter, and there's some some interesting videos that have come out to kind of help people understand that statement. So it's not saying that only black lives matter and nobody else matters, but it's saying right now, this is where that focus needs to be. This is the group that needs support right now um, because I don't need that support right now. Like the world is already working for me as a white person. Um, So I think maybe that's kind of the same thing that we're seeing with the sticker community um, that this is a group of people who need some of our, attention's not the right word, but need some of us right now. I guess amplification, um, networking, marketing. um, I mean, just even a repost, of course, then actual support too by buying, um, buying stuff. I mean, what I hope doesn't happen is this is, you know, well, this is the issue right now. So I'm going to really get behind this right now. And in a month, I'm going to go back to doing whatever it is I did before. Um, And I think that's really easy to do. Our privilege allows us to kind of forget about it and move on. Um, But this is one of those issues that we can't just forget about and move on from. I hope people go beyond just buying stickers from Black shop owners um, to continuing to be positive influences on getting people to be more open-minded or to support the Black Lives Matter movement or to get out there and teach other people about things that are going on in our world. I hope it's not just limited to stickers, I guess, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and then hopefully we see these. Because how many hauls have you seen on um, people's stories? And then you're like, but are those in your planner? Like, do you, ha- do you get mail like every two right. hours? Or like, where are, you know what I mean? Like, just to be like. Yep. I think sometimes people. And I shouldn't general. I'm, I don't mean to generalize, but I I have known individuals who want to appear as though they're being helpful and supportive. Um, but it's easy to buy things and to post things. Are you doing the work in your real life? I think that's the question that really matters, and that's an individual question and answer. I I can't judge someone on whether they're having those conversations on if their racist relative makes a statement if they're having conversations with them. Um, But those are the things that I hope are happening behind the scenes. Yeah. And if this is just one representation of 
changing where their money is for this time. Maybe that's the lane they're in right now. Right. Yep. Everybody's then, at different places in their journey. Yeah. Maybe it'll sink in later. I don't know. Like, as far as a shop, the whole mentality, I don't, oh, I am, wow. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a shop owner. <laughs> Just a lot of customer interface, right? Because the whole the whole skin tone thing has been very, actually, pretty common, a concept that I have been able to interview with people of why they started shops in the first place to have more diversity, more representation, um, how many dolls, if you will, or sticker kits should there be offered? Um, what styles of hair, what texture of hair should the stamps be in? Yep. I mean, we've been there with the planner society. You know what I mean? Like, yep, absolutely. We've been through this now. I'm wondering where we're going to land next. Um, is it going to be totally customizable where you can just go and click any hair color, any, like, a, like you make a emoji basically with right. a that would, be cool. that would be cool. Or is it one of those things where shops can specialize and then you go patronize or not patronize them, <laughs> give your patronage to them right. yep. because they ha they're offering what you want. Right. Uh, but then if we can't specialize, then you, it's, I, I feel like it's a double edged right. sword. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think it's not impossible for every shop to offer all of those things, but I, I'm sure that would be very difficult for some. So I think it kind of goes back to what you said earlier about where you put your coin. So do some research on that kind of stuff. I There's a lot of really popular shop owners or really popular sticker companies, for example, but those aren't the only ones out there. One of the things I loved about planning events is um, we often would do like swag bags. And for me, swag bags were such a cool way to be able to find new shops and find new companies to purchase from um, that often I had never heard of before. Uh, so Sometimes I will just go on Etsy and this was back when I, when we would, you know, communicate with shops to ask for swag and things like that. I would just search planner stickers and there might be five new shops that I've never even heard of on Monday and another six on Tuesday. So especially think, after Black Friday, right? Because yeah, <laughs> so, I bought the new silhouette. <laughs> yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. I got one of those. I don't make stickers, but I make a lot of other things with that silhouette. It's fantastic. But I think we kind of need to like get out of our boxes sometimes and look out to see, well, who has the things that I'm hoping for and who can I give my money to rather than I can fall into the trap. I guess I don't know if it's a trap, but I can fall into the habit of buying the same from the same shops all of the time, but then I don't know what else is out there. So I need to, I need to push myself out a little bit more. That said, yeah. I have so many stickers that I'm also trying to just use them up, but you know, in the future. Have you been on a no spend? Are you using them up? What what has quarantine been like? You to shift focus here. Well, now to look at your planner. Yeah. If you will, if you want to look at like, are you using sticker kits? Are you skipping weeklies? So I used to be all about stickers. I love stickers. I think they're just a fun way to dress up your planner. And um, for me, it's uh, it's a hobby to just sit down and plan. Um, I was talking to my boyfriend about that, and he's very supportive of, of planners and stickers and all of those things, but it's not his thing. So he's always kind of interested in like, okay, why would you put that sticker here? What is that? What does that mean over there? Um, I have not really done much with stickers at all during quarantine. Um, quarantine was kind of a weird time. Um, 
obviously it wasn't optional. So I, I feel weird saying it, but I kind of liked quarantine. It gave me time to be in my home and figure out what do I want to change and what's working well. And with my planner, like, what do I, what do I really need this for? Am I doing it just for fun, which is fine. Or what are the things that I really need to be writing down and tracking? So I have kind of been bouncing through a few different things. I'm generally an EC vertical person. Um, I played around a little bit with their petite planners while we were on quarantine, like things I had in my house. Um, I've done some bullet journaling for school with my like teacher setup. I've used the teacher planner. I've used a lot of different things. And I found during quarantine that I just was a pen and paper kind of person. So I don't have many stickers. I don't even have much color on my pages, which is so weird. Um, mm -hmm. But I was tracking the things that I had to track and that I had to write down and the things I had to get done. And it kind of just was a back to the basics planning for me. So I'm excited now it's summertime. I am on summer vacation um, to take those stickers back out again and get back into it. But um, yeah, quarantine was, was interesting. I'm interested to see if when you do get them back out, if you're like, this seems so excessive or you're like, right. oh, this is my piece. I love laying these things down. Or, I mean, it's not either or. Maybe there's a different emotion or both of them at sure. the same time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, it almost feels a little bit like I've been out of the planner game for a while, but I haven't. I've just been using it very differently. And I found that some of the things I was doing just aren't necessary anymore. Like I don't need to track the weather. And part of that is because during quarantine, I wasn't going anywhere. Uh, you don't need an umbrella in your living room. Right, exactly. <laughs> right in here, the temperature is perfect all the time. So <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I am coming out of quarantine kind of like on a blank slate with planners and trying to figure out what I want to do. So we'll see. Yeah. Do you envision a shift? Or do you want to use up your stock? I don't know. Like how, how, what does your sticker life look like? Like do you have a library, like do you have a backlog or are you monthly pay as you go? Like, what do you do? Well, I've never been one who uses a lot of kits. Like when we've gotten kits from swag, I'll use it, but I'm not really a kits person. Um, I am more of a functional sticker planner. Um, and about, I don't know, six, eight months ago, I actually got home from, I think like a meetup or something and just started going through all of my stickers. Um, there was definitely a stage in my sticker collecting process that I just kept everything because I, I might need this one day. Um, and then it got to the point where I just had so much that I wanted to purge my collection and get rid of some of the things that I didn't feel I would ever use. So I have a few, a couple of two inch binders with stickers in them. I still have a couple of like the accordion files that I used for a while. So I'm kind of in the stage of wanting to use things up. Um, I haven't bought stickers in quite some time. I'm sure partially because of quarantine, I haven't been using them. Um, but there's something really rewarding about using up a page of stickers or using up really anything. Um, actually last year, my word of the year for 2019 was complete. And mm -hmm. it was really cool to kind of complete a sheet of stickers, meaning like get rid of all of them or use a whole tube of chapstick. So I feel like I kind of got in the swing of that last year and I uh, have continued to go with that. Um, I do think in the near future, I'll probably get back into buying some stickers, especially once I figure out my new groove. But right now I'm in the use up what I have stage, I think. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a whole lot of mess over here. I don't know what, I do not know what I'm doing. 
Yeah. Like yesterday I had a podcast recording and I was like, um, it's Father's Day, I guess. So <laughs> can we reschedule? <laughs> like I was like, you know how embarrassing that is to reschedule a conflict on a planner podcast? <laughs> like, oops. Uh, only if I had somewhere to write this down. Yep. It's hard to know what day of the week it is sometimes. Yeah. It's hard, you know, I don't know. I could see how that would happen. Yeah. So I, I am, I am, my anxiety is now bubbling up again. I think there was a lot of peace for me during the quarantine yep. of just knowing we can't go anywhere. So clearly I have nothing to do. Yep. Which wasn't always the case. Of course, I have stuff to do, but you know, yeah, you know times to worry about, days to worry about. And now that that's bubbling up again, like, oh, you know, a little group is gathering. I have to bring my kids here for their, their youth group bike ride. And then starting to, like, get out and see people more or have – I'm getting the podcast kind of going again. So I have appointments and just, like, yeah. hey, this actually – it's kind of neat to reflect. My one little word of the year is reflect or reflection. And um, – now not kind of tracking in the planner and now needing to I realize the power that the planner gave me for peace like mm-hmm. literally without it I feel very unnerved mm-hmm. I I agree with that and I think during quarantine like you said I didn't have places I needed to go so I think it was okay to not be planning every single thing. And now as we're starting to add things in, I'm like, oh man, wait, I have an event coming up. Like this morning I was like, I have to make sure I'm up and ready to do this, which I mean, it was at a very reasonable time. So it's kind of ridiculous to stress over things like that, but we're kind of re-entering the world, I feel like right now. Yeah. Well, even, yeah, as I was going to bed last night, I was like, I should probably set an alarm. I'm like, no, I don't need to. Our interview's at 10. Like clearly right. I'm going to be up 9.15. I'm like, <gasps> Yeah, yep. we'll probably should get going. Same thing. <laughs> Nine thirty. I should probably get out of bed after I just listened to fifteen minutes of TikTok. <laughs> probably oh. go make my coffee. Nine fifty-five. <laughs> yep, yep. I feel that. I feel that. That was my experience this morning as well. <laughs> did you have any fun distractions? Like, did you process some of this difficult stuff with humor or anything like that? Like, did you get into any new shows or hobbies or social media things? Um, so one of the things I tried to do was journal and I have learned I am not a good journaler. A blank notebook for me is just really intimidating. I, that seems ridiculous, but it is. So I think moving forward, I actually decided that I'm going to journal in like a, and actually it's the EC academic planner that I was sent. Um, I like having a little space to write down kind of what's happening each day. I thought it would be so cool to record what's going on during quarantine and like keep a record of things. I was terrible at it in the, in the open notebook. Um, I kind of got back into some of the crafting things we had. Um, we had a family vacation and it wasn't really a family vacation because COVID and all of those things, but we had a family get together of sorts. So I made some t-shirts and some water bottles using my silhouette, um, which was really fun. A lot of my time during quarantine was spent looking at my house and going, oh my gosh, I need to fix this. I need to fix that. Um, So that's kind of been the new projects that have come out of quarantine is home renovation stuff. Um, I'm also dating someone who's good at those things and we work really well together. We're very, it's not stressful. Like in the past, home renovation projects have been very stressful and I mean, oh, 
but now that's not the case. And so that's kind of been my new thing now is looking at what are some small fixes I can make. Um, I bought my home 11 years ago now as a foreclose. So when I bought it, I was 20 years old and really didn't have the finances to fix it up a lot. And not that I'm like rolling in the dough now either, but I'm finding little areas that I can update on my home to make a big difference. So I just did like my kitchen cabinet pulls, didn't have any of those in there. So little things like that. Um, and so a lot of quarantine was kind of walking around the house and being like, I don't like this. So let's change it. Yeah. We all spent a lot of time looking at our four walls, perhaps. Yeah. Trying to look out them at the one window or whatever. For sure. I'm I'm glad that quarantine happened during the at least in Minnesota semi warmer months. Granted, March is still pretty cold in Minnesota, but um, it was nice to be able to get outside and to spend time like going for walks. And mm -hmm. I feel like I reconnected with myself more, um, with family members, obviously over like Zoom and things like that more. Uh, so it was a very weird time, but I feel like I'm coming out of it very refreshed. Yeah. Yeah, if it weren't for like the the illness, the death, yes. the economic collapse, like it's yes. pretty, pretty good. I <laughs> pretty feel like good. I'm saying this so flippantly. Absolutely. I know, I know what you mean though, because yeah. if you didn't lose your job, I mean, you probably worked harder in some in some cases, maybe not. Yeah. Well, I know the the younger grade teachers had to work hard because, like, how do you? There's such right. a, an emotional intelligence that happens in the like physical air between human beings you know, that absolutely over, over the internet, I think it'd be a little harder to, I think that. It, it had to have been really hard on parents too. As a teacher, mm -hmm. I definitely had to put a lot more work into it, especially at the beginning. I mean, it was pure chaos at the beginning. Um, once we got things going, it was really exciting for me to be able to wake up and have um, seen some of my students on optional Zooms and to be able to connect with them. I had like questions of the day and things like that. So it was kind of a cool way to connect with kids. Um, I work in a public school. We have a lot of kids in our classes just in general. So sometimes you don't get to have those one-on-one -on -one connections every day with your students. And it obviously wasn't the same over technology, but there were some kids that I probably wouldn't have gotten to know as well because this gave me the time to really check in with them. How are things going? What's new? What's happening? And kids were excited to share that information. So yeah, I mean, there are obviously a lot of negative parts of COVID-19 and it's a very dire situation, mm -hmm. but in terms of like making the best of what we could, there were definitely some big pros for me. Yeah, I could see that where a, where a kid might not want to compete with the other voices in the room yep. like, like they can speak up but one-on-one -on -one or like even just in a smaller group or just with that extra layer of um separation yeah and it yeah. made it's I have to rethink my classroom a little bit when we go back um and I want to find more ways to have the best of both there were some kids who really came out of their shell because maybe they're not comfortable speaking up in front of everyone, but they have some really cool things to share when they can do it in a format that fits them. And I think it's important to teach kids to be able to talk in front of one another and to have those conversations. But we also as teachers need to find ways to help all of students um, be able to share their thoughts and ideas. So I think a good part of my summer will be kind of rethinking the structure and the format and how we do discussions and are there alternate ways to do discussions and just figure out how we can connect more um, with our students in my classroom? I just love your heart for for your job, uh, probably a calling at this point, because yeah. 
um, that just gives me a lot of hope for the current system going forward when you can hear these stories and like the real heart that you have. And um, thank you again. I just thank yeah. you so much because I love it. I love education. Um, but I want to know more about your house because I'm also yeah. really geeking out about house stuff right now too. And <laughs> redoing my daughter's room with her. Oh, She's turning 13 next week. And so we thought a teen refresh, um, definitely in order. Like, how did you plan certain projects? Is, are there, are you like a Pinterest? Holly, like, do you have boards that you do? Is it all kind of from your own mind? Great question. How do you about all of that? Um, so I used to be all over Pinterest. And actually, like, as you say that, I just made a note to self, like, I need to go check Pinterest because they do have tons of great ideas. Um, I think what I, so over quarantine or over our shelter at home, I should say, um, I just kind of paid attention to the things that I didn't love about my house. And I should just preface, like, I'm very blessed to have my home. It's great. I just am looking for some ways to improve it a little bit. Um, so I made a master list, if you will, kind of kind of like a vision board, but literally just with a pen because that was my style during quarantine here. Um, I made a master list of all of the things that I would like to change or replace. And some of them are super expensive. Like, I would love all new flooring, which maybe I'll do that later this year if I can. Um, I would love new countertops. Not sure if that one will ever happen. Um, so I just made this list of all the things. And then I started looking at, well, what are the things that I can afford to do right now? So I'm definitely doing this on a budget. Um, I'm throwing a couple hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars there, um, and hoping to make some big impact. So I started with my kitchen. Like I said, I did the cabinet pulls. That added a lot to it. I'm looking at my bedroom. Like I would like to redo some of the artwork in there and things like that. Um my bathroom, I want to, I want to make all my fixtures match. Like I, I have oil rubbed bronze hanging on the ceiling and I've got nickel over here. So I've kind of just been going around and making a list of like, this could be cool to change. And then, um, shamelessly have been scrolling Amazon. I like to try and purchase things from other places as well, but I'll just look through Amazon to kind of get some ideas and then go research on the internet, like flooring ideas, things like that. So it's, it's really been, um, not a very organized process, but kind of just playing off of my wish list, if you will. And it's been cool to do little things like we're going to change out the kitchen faucet and the light in my master bedroom closet. I mean, those are little things that you don't pay a whole lot of attention to necessarily, but once they're done, you're like, oh, that looks really nice. Mm -hmm. Lighting is so important. Oh, yeah. And it's often um, overlooked because it's like maybe perceived as difficult. Um, or like, oh, I need an electrician and depending on mobility and like, yeah, just depending on some things, right. you may not be able to do it. And I totally support, get an electrician if you can afford Absolutely. one and yeah. are, are able to do that. But changing out a light fixture is, it's so empowering. It is, um, kind of related to that. So when I was a kid, my dad taught me how to like rotate my tires and do some of those. And I always just got this like big thrill out of, I just did that myself. Um, actually when I moved to, I'm, I live in a townhome. When I moved here, I was changing my tires in the driveway and a neighbor guy came over and was like, did you want me to do that for you? And I was like, well, Oh, he didn't. I, yeah. Oh. I was like, Ew. I've got two tires left to go. Like I'm pretty much done with this project. Like Thank you, but I'm good. Uh, and so 
it's kind of that I am woman, hear me roar kind of feeling of like, yep, I just did that and you didn't think I could. So it's kind of been the same thing with home improvement projects. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. Um, when I first moved in here, like I said, I bought this when I was 20. I didn't have a lot of money. I was still in college at the time. So I had to fix all of the things that went wrong. I fixed my furnace, which I, I'm not recommending to anyone that you fix your own furnace. That seems like a really bad idea in hindsight. <laughs> I did. I had no money to call anybody. So I was like, I'm going to do this. And, you know, I would consult like with my dad and stuff like that too, um, especially back then. But you can find so much information online. So little things like changing out a light fixture or um, even some of the flooring options are doable on your own. I don't know if I'm brave enough to do my own flooring, but maybe we'll see. So it's been fun to tackle projects that I wasn't sure if I could do. Yes. That just, that makes my heart sing. I just, I think it's so amazing to see something come off the paper into real life. Yes. And partly that's maybe as I'm reflecting just right now, speaking to you, why I love planners? Because what you write down on paper comes to real life in a lot of cases. Oh yeah. Um, Whether it be your appointment or your meeting, obviously that's just, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but also some of those, like you were saying, like those vision boards, those words of the year, those goals. I mean, do they all happen? No. No. Um, but it definitely is some sort of not just creative, like looking like, oh, I use a pretty pen, but like a creative thought process. This yeah. On paper, and then to see it come to life is it just excites me like nothing else. Like yes. I love supporting new shops, and that's why I've had guests on this show who are like, I think I might start a shop. Now I can see them. I'm like, yes, you opened. Like, I just, I love seeing that burst of, I made something. I did something. I went for it. I'm, here I am. I put it on paper and now here's my hashtag. You know, like, yes. Yeah. It's so invigorating. It is. It's just, I don't know. It's like birthing a child. I realize it's not at all like that. But when you you plan out, like, this is the thing that I want to happen, and then it actually happens, and you can just stand back and be like, I did that. I made that. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think some of my frustrations um, in life have been when I've had an idea like that, or have a swirl of creative, like, passion for something, and even wrote it down, and then it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And then I don't do it or it's just not feasible maybe it's just not the right time right. to do it maybe we don't have the skills to do it and it's just really just a good idea you know what I mean but that that dissonance between thinking of something or wanting something or desiring something and then not being able to do it and mm-hmm. that emotion and how you handle that tension really says a lot about maturity and just yeah. who you are as a person and how to handle that and I haven't always handled that with a lot of grace like I struggle with envy you know Mm -hmm. what I mean so like then if I saw someone else who had that idea and was able to implement it like uh, I I'm not I I hate to I'm not an angry person you know what I mean Mm -hmm. also I can clap for someone else I can straighten my crown without knocking yours off the whole thing right but when you really search deep down or like you were saying on your list like I'm not sure if these countertops are going to happen like what do you do with those feelings or those plans or those ideas that you can picture and you can see and that you really long for, but maybe just aren't going to happen right now. Yeah. For me, I get a lot of fuel out of those situations. Um, When I was a lot younger, like elementary school, 
I was bullied in school. I actually don't remember a whole lot of it, but my mom has kind of filled me in on it. I, I must have blocked some of that out. Um, but one of the biggest things that has motivated me in life is when people tell me I can't do something. Um, and sometimes it's myself saying I can't do something. Like I can't afford right now to go buy all new countertops. Um, and that isn't bothering me in this particular moment. But in times like that, I like to use that almost like feeling of disappointment or um, lack of fruition um, to make something else happen. So if I can't do that, what can I do? And sometimes I get really frustrated with the situation, like I can't do this thing, but I can do this thing instead. And it's kind of similar, or maybe it's totally different. Um, but using that feeling or those feelings to fuel something different or something that's still exciting, but might be not at all what I was hoping for. I don't know. That sounds really vague, but I just, I try to use that feeling to fuel new things, use negative experiences or being unable to fill something to do something else. Well, it sounds like you have been intentional about not lingering on what's not working mm -hmm. and picking a lane that says, I can work here. Yeah. You know, because you see, well, if I just stay in that, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I can't, can't, can't. Yep. yep. You still won't have any countertops. Right. <laughs> Like, it's not going to make those countertops come any sooner. Right. It's going to make you feel crummy and not have anything else done. Either. Exactly. Exactly. I can sit and wallow in it. Um, one of the phrases I like to use at work and with my students and my coworkers, um, and this came from a training I was in, and literally in the training, I thought it was the cheesiest thing in the world, and I'm sure I laughed at it, but it's been helpful. So there's two ways that you can phrase something. You can say yes, but, and then come up with reasons why something can't happen. Or you can say yes, and. Um, and yes, and has a totally different connotation to it. Yes, I I can't have the countertops. And I can look at other ways that I can spruce up my kitchen. Um, instead of yes, but I'm done. This is it. I'm, you know, I can't afford it. So that's how it is. Um, and so I try to use yes, and rather than yes, but. Well, I've heard that even come up with, um, like, racial reconciliation or just difficult times yeah. like yes and um to try to shift a conversation and what you're doing is really shifting your mindset yep I think mindset is really important. Um, it really doesn't matter what the topic is. I've done a lot of reading into that and um, research on that. Carol Dweck has done a lot of research on mindset and how it affects people. And I'm sure there are people who would disagree with me, but I am somebody who thinks I can accomplish anything. Um, and that mindset piece, I honestly feel like has helped me so much. There's obviously going to be times that something comes up and it's not going to go how I want or that I can't afford to do something or whatever that case might be. But with a positive mindset, you can really switch the trajectory of what's going to happen. If you have that negative mindset, it's more like shutting down right away. Um, there's probably times when you do want to shut certain things down right away. But in general, I just try to keep that positive mindset and keep that I can do anything um, attitude or idea in my head. Um, and that's been pretty successful for me so far. Yeah, I think it's really important to pass on. And you probably do that. I mean, you're doing it with the audience now, whether, you know, they're listening and like, oh, yeah, you know, changing and agreeing with you or coming to that idea themselves now after listening to you, 
but also with your students mm-hmm. and people you interact with and just watching you do that really does spread the message that it, it can work. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like I'm thinking with my children, I, and myself, like I grew up in a home that I was told that Yep, I was told, Same. I mean, we both, well, actually I'm quite a bit older than you, but you know, there was a, you can do anything generation. And I'm like, well, unless you pass algebra one, you're probably not going to be an astronaut. <laughs> And if you get car sick already at age nine, probably not going to work out for you, you know? So yes, there's real, realistic, you know, you can do anything you want to pass that on and to, to really just now say to my kids, like, go for it. I mean, people sometimes ask me like I could, or they'll tell me I could never do some of the things you do. I said, why would you say that? Mm -hmm. You use them saying that to themselves or saying it to me is the thing that's preventing them from doing right. it, barring any other obvious imp- impediments. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, for example, I'm not going to be an astronaut. I, I can't even read in the car. Yep. You know what I mean? Same. It's unfortunate, but yeah. <laughs> it really is. Road trips would be so much better with a book. I'm like, I can't even text. I'm going to bark. Yep, yep. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I I don't know. I those are two big things I probably have said multiple times in this podcast. Like these are big things I teach my students, but I think mindset and critical thinking are two of the biggest things that we as adults can help the younger generation with. And honestly, like maybe some of it's arrogance. I don't know. I honestly, some people um, have said to me, like, um, how do you know this was going to work? Or like, how do you do this? Or how did you get to this point? And I'm like, honestly, I never thought it mm-hmm. about it. Right. I just, tried it and maybe that's attributed to the support I had growing up right um supportive husband um being able not I am privileged to have the energy and space and time in my life where I'm not working three jobs right now you know I have I have a runway I have a bandwidth that I am recognizing as a privilege that I can then launch from these places and I think I sometimes will also worst case scenario things like, so what if it fails? Like what's going to happen? So if I try this thing and it just mm-hmm. is absolutely dismal, doesn't do any, what, what am I out? And sometimes there are some real limitations. If I'm going to be starting up a new business, there's going to be bigger risks there. Um, but there are so many times that I'm talking to people and some of the things that they, they wish they could do are things that wouldn't quote unquote cost them that much if it fails. Like, I think part of it is you have to be willing to fail. It's okay to fail sometimes. And I think there's a fear of that. Um, or I've noticed a fear of that with my students or with some of the people that I have conversations with. People are afraid to fail. And so then I don't want to try if I might fail and I'm worried about that. So I think we kind of have to put that aside a little bit too. Like you said, there are certain privileges that I have that allows me to say that. Um, but in many situations, I just like to think, well, what would be the worst thing that could happen if this doesn't go well? And often that worst thing isn't that bad. Or it's recoverable. Right. Yeah. Might not have a lifelong implication. Right. Or it might be a grave disappointment, a financial loss. Time suck for sure. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, it doesn't, it's not ruining your reputation. It's not taking away a family member. It's not wrecking your community, you know, things like that. Yeah. Well, and some of this, I hope energy comes to some of these hard conversations that um, are being had in the world right now. So if I bring this hard concept up to someone, or if I hold the company accountable, 
let me just be brave. Let me just say it. Let me just not worry about the fallout. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I think that's hard with people that you're close with. Um, I think a lot of people worry about offending other people or losing friendships. And I guess for me personally, I can't speak for other people. If someone is going to be so offended by this idea that I'm bringing up or by my stance on the situation, they're probably people I, I don't want to be around. And I, that sounds kind of flippant. Um, I think it's important to not write off people too, for having different ideas or for not being on the same page. Um, I like to hope that I can have continued conversations with them or can continue to provide new education or information or resources, things like that. Um, but I've kind of gotten to a point and it's probably taken all of these 31 years that I just worry less about what people think of me and more about how I feel about the conversations that I'm having and about myself at the end of the day. Cause ultimately I go to sleep with myself at night and I, I have to, I have to be okay with the decisions that I made during the day. So I'm going to have those hard conversations. And if I lose a friend because of it, that's unfortunate, but maybe we'll become friends again and maybe we won't. I don't know. Interested to see what the next six months holds yeah. for the planner community. It's kind of exciting to see a lot of new brands being offered as different alternatives mm -hmm. to purchases because that speaks to my excitement over new ideas absolutely and new and new launches and new entrepreneurs you know what I mean because like yes you got some like cottage industry yeah. and now you're getting some clout or you're we're making some op more options yeah um, I feel like we're adding some chairs to the table or maybe some people are giving up their seats at the table and making room for other people um I think it's always good to have new ideas and new sources of inspiration coming up. So I've even noticed just if I'm on Instagram or, um, yeah, mainly just Instagram, I guess. Um, I I've been seeing planner ads like for different planners and things, things I've never even heard of before, which is cool. It's cool to be able to explore different options and get new ideas and ways that you can personalize those. Even if you're using a, an existing planner system. Mm -hmm. And it, some of them are like, hauntingly familiar to other brands. You're yes. like, oh, I'm like, hmm. if you really love the hourly, yep. there are some options for you. Yep. Have you ever thought about making your own planner? So um, I used to make my own planners. Um, so one of the things that I do with my job is I also advise yearbook. Um, and so I lead, I empower a group of student editors to lead their classmates in creating our yearbook. And the first probably five years that I did that, I actually made a planner for all of my students and myself that really worked with what we were doing. Um, it got to a point where I just didn't have the time for it. And most of my students preferred electronic planning. It was easier for us to do electronic meeting synchronization and things like that. So we, I went away from doing that. Um, I have done it in the past. I think there's something really fulfilling about being able to make exactly what you want um, for me, it's kind of a time issue and I'll be honest, like I loved the colors and things of EC and other, that and other planners had to offer. So I think that's kind of where I veered away from that, but it is a possibility for the future. Well, have you looked into or thinking maybe for the future, like what about a digital planner? I have thought about that. Um, I struggle with that because for me, paper is just, it's just such a different 
situation, I guess. When I write things down, I feel like I don't even have to refer back to it as much. I just kind of remember that I wrote it down, but it's always there to check off on things. So I think probably what I will end up doing at some point is a hybrid of like digital and paper planning, which is a little bit overwhelming to think about, but also kind of exciting to think about. Yeah. And would you, can I press further? Yeah. Is this, would it be for your students in the same capacity or are you talking like real, like, expansive community oh like, well, I don't know I guess I really when I think about these things it's just in the realm of like myself and my students but I you never know I guess I don't have any immediate plans to launch like a planner system of any sort but you never <laughs> okay <know. laughs> but then you can come back when you launch and I'm be like yes! yeah for sure <laughs> remember when you were on the show I think I might have an idea that would be cool. oh yeah it's I've had an idea now for quite some time and I'm just like, yeah, it might be on one of those lists. It might be on one of those lists of it was a good idea. And if I see someone who also had that a good idea, that same good idea and was able to implement it, I could support them. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to hold it close to the vest. Oh, man. But it would involve an app store. Oh. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The time may have passed. Yeah, is the planner community, have we come, have we reached a peak? Is this the implode? Are we imploding? <laughs> <laughs> are we just rebirth? Is it like a phoenix? Are we rebirth? Right, exactly. We're about to rise out of the ashes into a new planner <laughs> world. That would be cool. Be interesting too to see the fallout economically of people have been furloughed and let go yeah. and whatever, whatever. They're, they had to close their business. If they're able to continue purchasing in the same manner right too. absolutely you know, the makers it's like at the end of the day when you're looking at heat or stickers yeah. we're all gonna pick stickers i was kidding <laughs> no I, I i absolutely agree so i feel even guilty sometimes when i think about like how refreshing quarantine or shelter at home has been because there is so much economic fallout and so much instability for a lot of people. And I think we're going to see some huge changes in the next few years as a result of all of the instability and the unpredictability of these times. And it's, it's a little bit daunting to think about, like we might wake up in a very different world in the near future. So hopefully if that's the case, we make it a better one rather than a worse one. I don't know. It's interesting to see if people will go more towards excess because they want to be prepared and have more stocked up, like the whole toilet mm -hmm. paper mentality, or we'll we'll realize how we were self reliant and didn't we don't need as much from others anymore, and we we like the simplicity. We don't want to spend all our time right. managing stuff and displaying stuff. Yep. You know, we want to do more experiences because now we realize the value of community and and getting out in green space or you know what I yeah, mean? Like, that's kind of the direction I went during all of this is it's more about those experiences rather than the things because I sat in a house full of things for three months and it wasn't the things that made me happy. It was the conversations I had and the, I want to say like the events that I attended, granted those were, you know, over zoom, but uh, <laughs> the things isn't what made quarantine a refreshing time. That's deep. Yeah. I'm just letting that sink in. That's cool. You said that again. I sat in a room full of stuff, and that's not what made me happy. Yeah. It was the conversations I had in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's something. That's a good thing to focus on. Mm -hmm. 
with all that stuff though i've been going to the goodwill because that's a, that was oh, a yeah. big joke right it was like i'm not going to the bars when we reopen i'm going to the goodwill <laughs> people have been cooped up with their junk for three months there's gotta be some good stuff for sure i bet there is um i did pick up a pretty neat sh- well because we're redoing molly's room yeah so i did pick up a cool shelf I mean, I don't know. I wasn't the first one at the gates because I'm not about that. Like, I'm not going to go if there's, like, a crowd or, like. Right. Same. Whatever. Um, the Goodwill, you do have to wear a mask to go in. Okay. Good, good. Um, the Savers, you did not. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, Menards, you do, which is a hardware store. Mm-hmm. And Home Depot, you do not. It's just, like. It, it seems weird to think that we ever could go places without them. Like, I'll watch movies and be like, why are all these people standing so close together? What is happening? <laughs> think about that. I totally was watching a, like I said, I'm into like totally geeking out on the home renovation stuff. And there's this sponsored YouTube show by Lowe's, which another hardware store um, for those outside of US. I don't know if every, I always like to clarify. They were doing this renovation um, with a family and it was like to support their game day. It was like home gating or something instead of tailgating. They were doing, they were like football fans or whatever. So they're like, go team. And they all put, Jay, they've all put their hands in the center, you know, like you would like a pep rally or like, go team, you know? I was like, (gasps) you're touching. No, 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 no. Don't, don't open in a circle touching hands. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) It just honestly took me a bit. I mean, I, I understood the context, obviously, we weren't in this time, but it was just, Yeah, it is so weird how quickly this new norm became the norm. And I see things that don't fit it. I'm like, what is happening? What is going on? And literally, it's been, what, three months, maybe four? Like, it hasn't even been that long. So it's crazy how quickly things can change and normalize. Literally, the fact that I don't, I've never previously had to really think about where my food was coming from or if I had enough is a huge amount of privilege. Um, So that was very eye-opening for me. Yeah, I think the planning ahead too was pushed into sharp con- uh, mm-hmm. focus for us. Like, what really was the plan if we needed to relocate? Right. What What is the plan if I can't easily get um, in communication with someone? Or right, you know, like it just ooh, gotta work on some of this stuff. Yeah, I did yeah. buy some shelf stable. I did too. packed food because I was like, I don't, I don't know. We got a lot of jerky now. And I keep not, I'm like, don't touch that. And they're like, why? <laughs> and I keep thinking, it's where we have to evacuate, which is like not, but that's where my mind went. Yeah, I was yeah. like, we, we're going to need beef jerky. Will we have any stable communications? Will we have transportation? Will we have shelter? I don't know, but we're going to have beef jerky. Exactly. We've got, we've got beef jerky. <laughs> this is not a well thought out plan. But you don't don't eat that. You cannot eat that because if we're home, you can have beef from the freezer. Right. Right. But if we have to go, we can't bring our beef from the freezer. Right. You have to take the jerky. So I don't know how long that jerky is going to be in there. I might just always have to have a rotating. Well, some some cultures, um, I think like the Mormons are kind of known for this. Like they have like a year or more, like just stocked as like part of their. Yeah, it's not a bad plan. Um, my grandma, you mentioned like people from the great depression era and things like that. My grandma was always set on, I need to have a good stock of food here in the house. I remember when Y2K came around, um, 
or, you know, like the idea of Y2K mm-hmm. came around, mm-hmm. I would go down in her basement. We'd go down there to grab a toy or something and just see how much food was like stocked and ready. And she definitely had more around Y2K, but in general, just had, she canned her own food and things like that, had things ready. Cause you never know. Well, is there anything else you want to, um, I think we covered like everything in the whole world almost. <laughs> I think so. This was super fun. Oh, I'm so glad you're here and you had so much to contribute. You're very well spoken. Thank you so much for sharing your probing, um, thought provoking questions and like just ways to engage youth, ways to engage yourself in, um, I guess, betterment for lack of a better word and giving your perspective on the Erin Condren um, debacle. Um, some people are like, I see a rebrand in the future. I would not be surprised to be totally honest. You think they could shift the whole thing? Well, I did notice in Tanya's message that she, the video that she posted the other day, she did refer to the brand as EC rather than Erin Condren. So I would not be surprised if they are rebranding to EC to kind of put some distance there. I have no insider info. I should make that really clear. Um, I just thought it was an interesting word choice. Usually when you're making statements like that, they're very planned out and like thought through. Um, And so the use of EC rather than Aaron Condren kind of stood out to me. Well, hey, we love EC. Wouldn't have to change. Right. We're set. Enjoy your summer break and look forward to seeing what life looks like for you when you bring out that planner. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And hopefully, you know, in the near future, we'll get some planner meetups and events and stuff going. I I haven't actually looked at what you have going on. Yeah, where we can find you. So we have some events. Well, I don't know if there's anything posted at this very moment just because of COVID. Um, But generally, there's a couple of groups that you can check if you are a local Minnesota planner. Um, So True North Trio on Facebook is one of them. Um, We that's kind of where we post our paid events and some of our bigger get togethers. I think we're planning to possibly in the future have some smaller ones as well. Um, and then also hashtag MPA um, or hashtag Minnesota Planner Addicts is another group on Facebook um, where we've got some different events and things that are posted. Um, and generally when it's not COVID